from Silicon Valley, California. This is Fresh Dialogues. In this week's Fresh Dialogues, we talked to Nobel Prize-winning economist Paul Krugman. I asked Paul if climate change legislation will kill the economy, as some maintain. He also discusses his dialogue with the Obama administration and his role in this progressive moment in American history. The interview was recorded in Silicon Valley on November 12, 2009. Paul, thank you very much for joining me today on Fresh Dialogues. I really appreciate it. Okay, good to be doing this. Great. And now some people are saying climate legislation is going to kill the economy. What do you say to that, Paul? We, a lot of people have done some serious work on trying to figure it out. And uh, now, to some extent, it'll be unknown territory. We don't know what happens when you get the price of carbon you know, significantly higher than it is now. But um, the economy's got a lot of flexibility. Most, we have precedent. Um, we, you know, we had the acid, problem of acid rain, and we introduced a cap-and-trade system, SO2 uh, permits, and a lot of people said, oh, it's going to kill the economy, terrible stuff. In fact, it turned out that dealing with it was cheaper than most estimates had suggested beforehand. Uh, given the incentive, the private sector found ways to generate a whole lot less acid rain. Um, so current estimates are that if we did something like the legislation that the House has already passed, that 10 years from now it would be maybe a third of a percentage point off GDP. And 40 years from now when the constraints would be much stiffer. It would be something like 2% off GDP you know, relative to what it would otherwise have been. So if you think about what it would do to the growth rate, it's mm-hmm. minimal. Um, we don't know that those numbers are right, but if history is any guide, they're probably too, too pessimistic. It's just not a big deal. Now let's talk about your column, Paul. You've written a column for the New York Times since 2000, I think. That's right. Now, you didn't pull any punches with the Bush administration. In fact, you talked last night about the Bush White House being evil and stupid. Yes. Um, What is your characterization of the Obama White House? Oh, they're they're good guys and they're smart, but, uh, but just not as forceful as I'd like. So no, it's it's a world of difference. Um, when when I argue with them in my column, this is a serious discussion. I mean, we're, we're you know we're really we really are talking about um, uh, we, we really are in effect speaking across the transom here. Is it really them. a dialogue? Are you hearing back from them? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's it. Yes, this is. Do there's they, a, does Ben Bernanke call you up? Ben Bernanke or? doesn't call me, uh, <laughs> but. But obviously, is aware of, of what I'm writing. But no, I people in the administration do do call me, um, and um, uh, you know, I it's it's I'm, I'm never going to be an insider type. But at this point, I actually do have you know genuine contact with uh, both with the White House and with with congressional leadership. So it's it's no longer this this sort of um, cold war as it was during the Bush years. And some people describe your writing as having a missionary zeal. Where does that come from, Paul? Can you trace that back? Oh, gosh. I have to say, uh, during the Bush years, if you didn't feel passionate that we had to change things, there was something wrong with you. <laughs> you didn't have a pulse. Right. So, so you know, if, if um, you know, before that, I was actually a pretty cool uh, 
technocratic sort of uh, writer, and and you know I had had some fun, but I wasn't wasn't crusading. So that was what changed it. And now you know I'm trying to make I'm trying to make this um, progressive moment in American history a success. So that's where I'm I'm pushing. So do you feel the missionary zeal is gone now, or is it just redirected? It's not the same. It's not, there's the the sheer, oh my God, what a horrible thing. We need to do something to at least alert people to what's going on. That's not true now. But but I'm still trying to get stuff to happen, right? And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's less uh, uh, doom-laden maybe than it was in the Bush years, but, but stuff has to happen, and so I'm, I'm still pretty passionate about the column. Good. And do you feel you're more effective as a columnist than inside the government? Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a personal. You have to know who you are. You have to know what you're good at. Um, I'm not a being an effective government official is part. You have to do some bureaucratic maneuvering. You have to be pretty good at at, at being polite at, at when, when at the appropriate moment. Um, you have to be reasonably organized, and I'm none of those things. So uh, no, this is an honest man. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I can move into a pristine office, and within three days, it'll look like a grenade went off. So uh, <laughs> you really don't want me doing that sort of thing, right? Thank you very much, Paul Crook. Thanks. And I really Thank appreciate you, so you taking much. the time. Thank you for listening to Fresh Dialogues. This is Alison Van Diggelen. For more lively interviews with many more leaders, go to freshdialogues.com. With special thanks to Carol Picora for technical support and Kevin McLeod, who wrote and produced our music. Music.